Welcome back to another episode of J Crypto. Today we're here joined by Rokindo, a very active member in the Cardano ecosystem. Rokindo, thanks for hopping on the channel. Thanks for having me. Cool. So we'll get into Rokindo's background, what he does kind of later in this. I really wanted to start off, man, because me and Rokindo, we, we hop on uh, Twitter space together and co-host it with um, uh, Think and Grow. And, and that Twitter space is, has, has done really well, it seems like, uh, over the last couple of weeks, like gotten a lot of traction. So um, there was somebody from our last Twitter space, man, and he tweeted at me this morning. And I want to I share with you what he tweeted and get your take on it. Um, so he basically said, I predict that eventually holders of certain NFTs from major collections will get benefits such as discounts on certain products and services like credit card rewards, and that will drive up the price of entry into collections, commercial perks. Like I could launch an NFT collection. It's a long tweet. It's a few tweets. Uh, Like he could launch an NFT collection of 10,000 and partner with an exotic car rental company and say that everybody who owns one of these NFTs is entitled to one free Lambo rental for a day. And the car is brought to wherever you live. Every time the NFT is resold, a percentage of the sale is in royalties is given to the Lambo rental company because of the smart contract and the new buyer gets a ride. Yeah. Yeah. That kind of stuff is pretty high level. Um, like it is. You know, the, the, the basis of it is it, it's there, if you, you know, um, the concept is there. Right. But um, I don't think the technology has been built in order to, 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 you know, to support that kind of uh, like business model, but it does make sense. You know, like that's kind of where the space is going. I think like using your NFT as access to blah, 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 getting discounts, getting benefits, uh, loyal loyalty rewards. Um, that's, that's where this thing is going for sure. But, um, I think it's still early, you know, (laughs) and I completely agree. My response was, uh, similar. I said, I think this is 100% happening, AKA deals are being done, but they're just thoughts. They're thoughts right now. Right. It's going to take, it's going to take some time to adopt these thoughts into reality and, um, things of that nature. Yeah, exactly. I, um, yeah, I agree. Uh, there's just, it's just too, too broad, too big. Like, like I'm like, we got to get the basics down first before we start building all of this complex infrastructure around that stuff. So, yeah. That actually brings me to my next question. Cause you, you said a word that's, that's going to highlight this. So we have this and I, and I just posted a video about this um, this morning, but it's, it's, it's the infrastructure bill kind of, and, and like the crypto related part in that, I was just going to ask you, cause I don't think I've had a real great chance to ask you on Twitter space. I've heard some thoughts. What's your, what's your take on this infrastructure bill in terms of crypto? Um, I, I asked uh, uh, Chris Haskell plus this yesterday and, and like, is it the quote unquote end of crypto? Like some of the mainstream narratives, obviously me and you might not, you know, agree with that, but what's your take on that? So I haven't been paying attention to the stuff that recently happened and I really should have because um, uh, I guess it was related to passing this bill in the house. 
Um, but I did pay attention to it when it happened a couple months ago when the bill was passing in the Senate. Um, and if I recall, um, the whole issue was that there was some language in the actual bill that kind of generalized the definition of, of uh, blockchains and kind of stif- what it ended up doing is uh, stif- like kind of stomping innovation um, or what would be future innovation in America by, you know, broadening the definition of what was called a broker. Um, um, so which if I remember correctly, I haven't been brushed up on this, but um, proof of stake networks um, would be susceptible like SPOs um, and delegators of these uh, stake pool operators, like all of this, all of this nuance um, that you find in other, you know, alternative blockchains other than, uh, you know, Bitcoin, which is proof of work. Like, yeah. So it just bashed all of this, all of these, um, you know, networks into one definition and kind of, you know, it was bad. Um, uh, yeah. So I forget what the question was. (laughs) Well, no, it's all good. That was, you answered it perfectly. I hear though, a couple things about this. The first thing is virtually, it's a very hard because of this generalization it's very it's going to be hard for them to enforce the the actual like fines of the things that they're categorizing under this section in the infrastructure bill however they're still kind of saying in a way that if you don't comply and it's hard to comply if you don't comply though you're breaking the law but it's virtually very hard for the US to even enforce that Right. In, in terms of getting this, this done is, is thoughts on that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's like a, a technical, almost a technical impossibility. Uh, you're asking way too much information for, you know, people that are anonymous on the blockchain, you know, and, and all of this, you have to, it's just uh it's a logistical nightmare. Um, so uh, yeah. In terms of I, uh, in terms of your first question, whether this is like the end of crypto or, or, or something like that, um, I don't think I don't think so. You know, um, I'm not an expert in all this. I just started crypto, you know, recently diving in about six months ago, almost a year, you know, six months to a year ago. Uh, but you know, regulation I think is important. It's definitely scary, um, but the way I think of it is that like regulation is what um, puts gives like the, the traditional legacy world, like the traditional world of companies and corporations. Um, it gives them trust to use uh, to leverage the power of the blockchain really. So yeah, regulation isn't totally bad. It's only bad when you like when, when stuff like this happens or yeah. you're, you know, <laughs> batching in, definitions uh without even knowing what you're talking about right so what do you think about this comment because i heard this from somebody speaking that was kind of championing crypto right um it might have been i think it was the governor of texas or maybe ted cruz or somebody and i Mm -hmm. put it in a in a video and and he was essentially saying that um and the bill you know got passed and everything so this was prior but he was essentially saying that a lot of people involved in crypto in the u.s will we'll probably like 
leave if they feel too threatened from this from this language in this bill and just go other places in the world that are more accepting which which obviously wouldn't be great for you're from the u.s too right Ralph? yeah yeah i'm from florida i grew up born and raised in florida so yeah no i agree with that you know there's as soon as you as soon as you you know as soon as you create a law that kind of stomps on innovation you're you know like these 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 people are just going to leave and go to you know El Salvador or any country that supports you know cryptocurrency innovation, blockchain stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Sure. Um, what do you think Cardano's response will be to this infrastructure bill? Because I've almost heard like Charles Hoskinson, in a way, say that he's do he's going to do everything he can to protect this this new technology in in response. Yeah. Um, again, I'm not, I'm not like too brushed up on, on like the current events of the entire situation, Yeah, but I did go to Wyoming and I, uh, I did hear some of the, you know, government officials there speak about this and, you know, they, 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 what it seems to me is that they're fighting for, um, uh, you know, cryptocurrencies and blockchain, uh, that the entire industry, they're definitely fighting for sure. And there's so much popular, I mean, politicians, I always look at, you know, like what they, what, what politicians, their oxygen is ultimately popularity to, you know, keep rising up the ranks and whatever. That's fine. That's the game that they play. And, 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 and it's interesting because, because crypto is becoming so, so cool. And there's right. so much popularity to be gained by the politicians that kind of branch off from maybe, maybe, you know, represent these legacy systems to actually champion crypto. So I think, you know, I think that's an interesting, you know, thing that we'll probably see play out this next year, man. For sure. For oh, sure. I, um, you know, I, you know, we're, we're seeing it, especially in the past year or two. Um, again, I've only been in the space uh, for not that long. I've known, I've known about crypto for a while. I just haven't really like dived deep until recently. Um, but you you are seeing, you know, more, you know, bigger names, influencers, um, you know, larger companies starting to play in this space because they, they do see um, the, you know, the, the effect of this stuff. And not only just on an economic level, on a networking level, like the network effects that happen. Um, and then, you know, the result of that is what you say is like, you know, influencing political, uh, you know, political um, agendas, right? Um, these people that, that make a lot of money in crypto, um, they, they, you know, a lot of their investment is tied into these networks, right? And so they're incentivized to, you know, push forward the, uh, the cryptocurrency agenda. Um, so, yeah, is, and, if, and it bleeds into the political system. So it does uh, it's crazy, man. I've, I've learned a lot about, uh, finance governance just through crypto. It's mm -hmm. crazy how much, like when you dive down that rabbit hole, you start to see why these new innovations are being made. And it's pointing at some, some inefficiencies that just happens whenever there's a new technology shift or disruption. It, it just is pointing directly at, you know, Uber pointed directly at the taxi companies, you exactly. know, so, and so forth. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh that's cool man so are you still in florida 
Yeah, uh, I'm in Orlando right now. Been here for five years. Yeah, what do you think about everything going on in, in like Miami, for instance? Do you have a read on any of that stuff? Um, I, I did hear that the governor was uh, supporting uh, payments and, and Bitcoin, um, but that's that's really all. I, I you know they're very progressive. I like what they're doing. So, but you know I I, I don't really you know I, I'm very skeptical of things. So naturally. So yeah. it might, I don't know if it's like an optics thing or whatever they got going on. So I, I don't know. Yeah. And it's good. It's, it's, it's a, it's a good way to be sometimes when, when things are changing so quick, cause you don't always know what's happening. Did you hear about the Miami coin at all? Yeah. I heard a little bit about it, but, <laughs> but again, I don't know too much. Yeah, man. I, I posted, a, I've just recently been doing some digging on the Miami coin, right. but uh, but uh, it's interesting because it, it, it could like, it could like uh, be something that if, if holders have, they can eventually add real use cases and utilities to people like, I don't know, in, in New York that have Miami coin. If they have it, they can come to Miami. And I don't think that they've talked about this yet, but if they have it, they can come to Miami and get discounts on travel, specific locations, things of that nature. So I just didn't know if, if you had, if you had any uh, insights on that. But, um, no, but that's, that's, that's kind of like, I, like, I guess we're going to circle back to the very first topic was like, that's where this is going. You're, you're attaching utility to these coins. NFTs are technically coins. They're just non-fungible. But if you attach a utility on, on a, a fungible token, like a Miami coin or whatever, what have you, um, that's where this is going. Benefits, loyalty rewards, you can get discounts at shops. Um, you know, you just have to create the infrastructure for it. What do you think the most important thing that the cryptocurrency space in general, and obviously Cardano, it, it is should be prioritizing right now? Is it is it still infrastructure? Is it is it things like that? For sure. I mean, I can I I can't speak on on other coins, uh, but I'm like you know, very very deep and very involved in the Cardano in the Cardano ecosystem and. I think right now um, it's still really early, you know, smart contracts just were just uh, enabled in September. We're not even seeing DeFi yet. Um, Plutus is still, you know, a a really big bottleneck for developers to, you know, to really, uh, for it to be accessible because it's a, it's a pretty, it's a pretty hard language I hear. Um, I'm not a developer myself. This is just, um, this is just, my understanding of, of the current situation. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think there's a lot of stuff that needs to be done. A lot of smart contract work, a lot of integration that needs to happen. Uh, at, at, at the moment, you know, uh, IOHK hasn't released, uh, the Plutus application backend as of yet. And so you're seeing a lot of, I was going to get into that too. You're seeing a lot of, uh, um, you know, teams go through the pains of, either making their own or, you know, waiting for this standard to, to happen. So do you have a read on like, so, so just for like the viewers too, because like me and Ro, I mean, I think we share this facet in common where like, yeah, we're not developers, but we're, we're, we sure are talking to a lot of developers and hearing their pays. Right. And, And we're just trying to communicate this, as like the middle person, because I think we both could understand how like a developer talking to somebody that's not a developer might not translate. Mm-hmm. So like, 
So like try to communicate it from the developer's point of view to the mainstream. It's, it's, it's where we're probably sitting in, in this interview. So with Plutus being a newer, a newer uh, a language and, and that being a hard language to learn, can we just discuss real quick if you have any uh, read on, on why they're using Plutus and what the value is of, of, chain, of going you know, to a different new language if it's going to take you know, a lot of work to learn? So again, I'm not a developer myself. Um, this is just what I hear from the developers in the community and, you know, Charles Hoskinson and, and stuff like that. But uh, Plut- Plutus is basically, to simplify it, um, Haskell, which is a functional programming language uh, yeah. with added Cardano libraries to it. Um, so what that means is um, it's a completely new way of thinking, like a the coding language... Uh, the coding language itself isn't like your normal JavaScript or, you know, C sharp, like, you know, OOP kind of languages and stuff like that. Um, You're dealing with recursive functions and recursive functionalities and uh, state machines and stuff like that. Again, I'm not a, you know, I'm a computer science student, so I kind of understand the basis behind all of this stuff, but. um, I feel that, man. I was like, okay, I got to ask Ro these kind of questions because you have that one layer up on me where I didn't do any computer science, yeah, like entrepreneur stuff, like through and through. Um, but that's interesting. What kind of innovations are possible with, with this, you know, Haskell and Plutus that maybe weren't possible with other languages? If, if, if I can just try to dig into that, man, because I, I really think that that's a good, good way to, to get that to people that aren't maybe developers. Right. So, so Haskell and Plutus, I mean, they've, they've been around for, well, Plutus is a completely new language built on top of Haskell, but Haskell has been around since, you know, I think the eighties or nineties. Um, so it's been around for a while. Um, but the reason why uh, they've decided to use this language um, is because of the, the security implications that, that, that are kind of inherent to the way you code these programs. So, uh, yeah, (laughs) they're mostly used in like financial, you know, applications because of their security, this, this, this is inherent security aspect. So, um, yeah, it makes sense for them to, to, to be utilizing this kind of technology or this language programming language for a blockchain network, because, you know, blockchain network is dealing with all the money transfer of, you know, millions, billions of, of, of money, you know? Yeah. No, that's a good point. So are you into, are you into sports row? Not really. Um, just started training, uh, just conditioning for, um, like, uh, kickboxing, boxing recently. Oh, are you like, Fight some TikTokers, bro. <laughs> oh man, no, I'm not into that. <laughs> you know, that's like become a huge thing, though. Yeah, no, I, I'm, 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 fine. I'm, I'm good. <laughs> yeah. No, I just, other than that, I'm not really into sports. I mean, I enjoy it. You know, just staying healthy. Yeah, yeah. What? So, so you're from Florida. You're still in Florida. What? Um. How exactly, and you got into crypto six to six months to a year ago, and you have a computer science background, which probably allowed you to bypass 
a lot of learning growing pains that other people that don't have that background maybe do have. I always find my computer science friends just like get it a lot quicker. My my friends that are into trading Pokemon and sports cards and then my computer science friends tend to get crypto a lot faster than most people for some reason. <laughs> but um, it's it's so funny. But but basically, uh, how'd you get into crypto, man? And, and, and how'd you get into more specifically Cardano? Yeah, that, it's a it's a fun story. I mean, I was in the stocks, um, wasn't very successful, but um, but I was in the stocks. Uh, I, I knew a lot about it. I knew I knew a lot about markets. I did a lot of like my own research and so um, yeah, exactly. So I I I, I read um, what's his name? Ah, uh, my my mind's going blank, but um, it's called the Changing World Order. Uh, so I read the entire book. I, I was really into macroeconomics in high school. Um, and so I just, I got really into markets. So my barber would ask me advice, financial <laughs> advice about what he should do with his money. And then one day he, he asked me about cryptocurrencies and I, and I told him, I was like, well, I, I don't know, you know, like, I, I, I don't know what to tell you. I, I haven't really dived deep. And so I promised him and I said, Hey, look, I bet you, I like, like by the next time I come back, I'll have an answer for you. And I can tell you what this whole thing is about. So I did my research. I, uh, I watched uh, a really, really, really good course by Gary Gensler at MIT. Uh, he has a huge, like a 10 course lecture on blockchain and money. Um, so I did that. I read a boatload of, uh, crypto related stuff. And then I ran into, you know, this is the, this is the story that a lot of Cardano people, um, you know, How run into is it, yeah. Charles Hoskinson's whiteboard video. So, after, <laughs> you know, once, once I saw that it all just made sense. It like, you know, it, it was a really, really digestible way of understanding how this entire ecosystem like as a whole, the cryptocurrency ecosystem as a whole kind of interrelated with each other. So yeah, that's what really got me in. And um, as soon as I figured that out, I did my research into Cardano because at first I wanted to be a developer. Um, my computer science background, uh, they just had enabled, um, what's it called? Uh, native assets on Cardano. So I was really interested in, in how to mint and you know playing with the Cardano CLI. Um, what month, what month was that by the way? Just for a this time. was in April. This was in April and March, March, this was in March. Um, so I kind of had a, an idea of how to do this. So I hit up the first, uh, the closest artist friend I had. Um, and, uh, you know, we minted his stuff and we sold it. So, and what, yeah, was, it was, what was that that you were selling exactly? What was the, the, the project or the name? So, okay. So the first artist that I worked with was, uh, his name is Julian Lyle. Um, he's, he lives in Miami. Um, he's got this very abstract line work kind of style um, of, of art. And uh, we just decided to mint his pieces and, and sell them on, on the blockchain. And at the time, you know, um, the ecosystem was really early. There was no platforms to, to mint. There was no, um, platforms to sell. So 
you know, all, all transactions were happening through discord and, um, you know, and that, and that's the, and, and it was just, it's a wild, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. The wild, wild. under the table discord. <laughs> Crazy. We're going to remember this, man. I, when I, so it's funny. Cause when I first saw that, uh, the whiteboard video that you were mentioning with, with Charles, I always made this analogy because I used to play hockey and mm-hmm. I, and, and if you ask, like, the thing that really stuck out to me is, like, Wayne Gretzky, for example, he always says, you know, a good player, you know, like, can, can be where the puck is, but a great player can, can be where the puck is going kind of deal. So right. that, was the, that was the comparison I made between Wayne Gretzky and Charles because what he was doing was he was, he was seeing where the puck was, was going, and, and that puck was a theory, was a theory of, and he was, and he was essentially laying out some of the flaws that a theory is going to encounter. We've seen that play out. And, and he essentially was creating something where the puck was going to be going in perpetuity. And, and, and that's, that's my, you know, how I connected with what he was saying from not a computer yeah. science background. Interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah. Once I saw that whiteboard video, I just, it, it all made sense. It clicked. And I was like, wow, this, ecosystem is very very underdeveloped at the moment i there's an opportunity here you know there's yeah. a huge opportunity here <laughs> yeah exactly man that's that's cool um all right so why don't we dig into this a little bit more so essentially i had an interview with chris and i asked when you know he could see cardano daps um really manifesting to a point where the ecosystem will have enough daps that are like quality daps to then manifest high rates of adoption because that's what every pe- person in Cardano, you know, I, I think that's, you know, educated at least really feels coming. And I think a lot of institutional grade players that are invested in all these other blockchains are still not discounting Cardano. I think they're all just, ju- just kind of on the, on the sidelines, just like seeing how this plays out and essentially um, Chris was, was saying around, you know, one to two months, uh, because of the Plutus, you know, like you mentioned the, ba- the back end, and then, and then uh, I was, you know, intuitively sensing within like three months would probably be a realistic, you know, time where we start to see four or five dApps that gain a lot of traction. What's your read on, on, on that? Yeah, pretty much the same. I mean, these dApps are waiting for PAB. Um, you're already seeing a lot of, um, a lot of, uh, information come out with DEXs and the Sunday swap thing that just, that just happened. Um, it's, it's, it's coming, it's coming really soon. So two to three months, uh, between December and February, I think there's going to be a lot more, we're going to see a lot more applications. The smart contracts are here, you know, people, people have already, there's a, a handful of, of, of Plutus devs that have figured it out. Um, it's all the bottleneck here is with, um, with integration and standardization. So that's it. That's, a, you know, that's, yeah. Cool, man. Well, that reaffirms what I was thinking too. So I appreciate it. All right. Now we got to get to the most important point of the interview, man. What do you think about Hosky coin? I love Hosky coin. <laughs> I love Hosky coin. <laughs> okay, for the viewers that maybe haven't seen or haven't seen my videos or other YouTubers' videos, what is Hosky coin? Hosky coin is basically a meme coin, you know, created as a native asset on Cardano. 
there's it's valueless but interesting <laughs> enough interesting enough Sorry. there someone um made uh the adf the ada ph team made a centralized swap exchange for people to exchange ada to buy hosky and you know some people are you know not smart enough or not educated enough to understand that the actual coin is valueless so what's ending up happening is that uh for people by people buying this coin with with real ada (laughs) you're adding liquidity to this market and you're attaching value you're assigning value to this coin this valueless coin there's absolutely no utility towards to this coin at all you know whatsoever but the fact that people buy this coin with real money is actually making a market. It's amazing. It's incredible. And it's, uh, I'm, you know, there's a couple things that I think it's like contingent for this coin to actually become like to really blow up. Uh, one of those things is that the policy needs to lock. Um, so, so, you know, the supply is capped. Uh, once that happens, if a third party uh, attaches utility so say, you know, and we're already kind of seeing that. Um, I think the, uh, the Mermeda people, the Mermeda team just released this um, NFT project that you can only buy with Hosky. So like, technically, <laughs> technically, <laughs> technically, you're adding a utility, a use case to this, this coin. So there is intrinsic value. And anybody who makes like some crazy, like, you know, reward system with this Hosky token, you're adding value. So I'm super interested in what happens and um, not financial advice, but I'm, I'm like, <laughs> I need to buy more for sure. So I, uh, last night I was on the phone with my buddy and, and, and my buddy's like, you know, traditional finance guy and whatnot. And, and he's getting into crypto quite a bit now because he's seeing the value proposition. He's seeing what's going on with the traditional finance system. And, and we were basically, you know, talking about Hosky. And, and, <laughs> and it was funny because I was mentioning to him, oh, I think that there's a swap out. And then he's like, oh, no way, really? Because like the, they, on the Hosky site, you know, how it worked for, for the OG Hosky buyers, you would send one, uh, one point or two ADA to uh, an, an address and, and they call it the doggy bowl because it yep. looks like a, ho- like a Husky and you would send it, they would send you back 1.5 ADA, you would get a random amount of Hosky from, I think, 10 million to 999 million, something like that. And so, so I was talking to my buddy, and I figured, okay, let me go look this up, man, while you're on the phone. And, and, I, and I'm just going to look at it. And there's a big disclaimer that basically says anybody that trades is, is like stupid, because there's no value associated with Bitcoin. But when you click OK, so I actually, I actually tried it. So I, I was like, okay, I'm going to try it because I want to see if it works. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I put five ADA in and, and basically then it brought up this screen that says that it was loading. And, and I, I just kind of, you know, it was loading, loading and five minutes went by and I just had to go do something. So I still don't know if it went through it, but I'm interested to go check it out maybe later today to see if I actually, if it actually worked. Yeah. But, yeah. I mean, I've used it. It, it works. You know, I, I trust the dev team. I've worked with the dev team a lot, actually. So, um, you know, I trust what they made. Uh, it could be that, um, you know, when, when, you, when you set an order, you know, you have to wait for somebody. If you want to buy a Hosky, some Hosky, you have to wait for a seller to match that buy order because 
you know? What so it's like so many Hosky believers that it just creates this like intrinsic, like pent up demand because yeah. no one wants to sell their Hosky. <laughs> it, it doesn't help that the doggy bowl is down, you know? <laughs> Yeah. But but that's a good insight. So do you think that they will be capping the supply eventually? Is that like in the works? Have you heard anything about that? Um, I haven't read the roadmap, but I hear from other people that have read the roadmap that they said that eventually they will be um, uh, closing the locking policy. Okay. Yeah. So Ro, I'd love to ask you, man, um, before we get into like what you do and stuff, do you have any like favorite dApps, you know, like you mentioned Sunday Swap, one that I was turned on to, oh, I think it was by Hero over mm-hmm. at um, Hero State Pools was Liquid Finance. Do, do you have any, any, any favorite dApps that we could kind of dive into on Cardano? Definitely. Uh, I'm most excited about Ergo Dex. I'm a huge Ergo fan. And once they create the, the, the pathway for or the swap, for Cardano, um, you can now be go. I'm high, I'm really looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to Liquid. I'm looking forward to uh, Merker. Um, I hear some good things about Maladex coming out. Uh, let's see. So there's there's a couple more. I just can't I just can't uh, think about it off the top of my head at the moment. So most of those uh, are financial DApps, correct? What's that? Most of those are just are in the finance sector. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, there there are other DApps too, like these marketplaces that are coming out. These are technically DApps, um, uh, like the Spacebook Marketplace, the Dead Pixels. Uh, I love any that. kind of general marketplaces. Like these are all decentralized applications. Um, yeah, technically, but I, I'm I'm interested in the more of the those. Uh, Ardana is another one. The, the more the, I'm, I'm more interested in the financial ones where you can, um, you know, buy and land your, you know, use your ADA as collateral, stuff like that. Yeah, that's interesting. So you mentioned Ergo. I'm aware of Ergo. I'm going to selfishly ask you about the ones that I, I'm, I'm not educated on. You mentioned Liquid. I'm educated on Liquid. And then you mentioned Merker. Is yeah. that what you said, Merker? What is, what yeah. is Merker? Is that, is that a DEX? Is that a lending platform? I believe it's a lending platform. I I, I personally haven't lent, uh, I personally haven't looked too um, far into it, but um, the tech community has, has said a lot of good things about it, um, and the team. So there's a huge disconnect in in what I've been noticing in the community between the tech community and you know the you know the layman's or the uh, <laughs> you know the NFT community. These are they're all. Yeah. You know, they all have a different level of understanding, right. uh, but I like to listen to the technical community. They seem to know what they're doing. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. It, uh, they say good things about Merker. So I, I think uh, after this, I'll, I'll look into it, but I hear good things. Cool, man. And, and I'll probably cover um, pretty much every single one of the ones that you mentioned on my YouTube, because I am looking to cover newer, newer dApps on Cardano. You also said Maladex. Is that mm-hmm. a DAPS? Sounds like a yeah. deck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, they, they just released this huge, huge, huge white paper. Um, haven't read through it. I think it's like 90 pages, but. <laughs> I know. Some of those white papers get deep with the DEXs. Um, what about Ardana? 
is Ardana uh, Adex, because I've heard of that name a few times, but I just haven't dug into it yet. So um, I know a little bit about Ardana. Um, they, I think they are doing a Dex. I'm not, not 100% sure, but what they're really big on is uh, using stable coins um, and not, not algorithmically backed stable coins, but, you know, the regular, like, uh, the USD backs kind of stable coin. So they're, they're bringing what tether is basically they're bringing, uh, what tether is to the ERC, you know, uh, space to the UTXO space. Um, and with that, you'll be able to do a bunch of stuff like using, uh, basically using your ADA as collateral to take out a loan using their Dana stable coin. Um, uh, liquidity providing, yield farming, like stuff like that. I, I'm, I'm interested in, 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 in that stuff. What do you think about, okay, so I asked this with Chris and we, we had, we, we funny enough had a tough time because Chris is, you know, wicked smart, man. And, and, and it's, it's sometimes I feel difficult to explain these things to the layman's like me. Yeah. <laughs> But, but here's, and I've done a lot of research, so I'm getting it, but it's still difficult to explain to somebody who maybe doesn't have all the research that I have done to kind of support and build those neural pathways to understand the difference between UTXO, Ethereum, which I, I just say the debit credit system. I don't know if there's a terminology for what they're doing. So the proof of work UTXO model the Ethereum, you know, debit credit model, and then the EUTXO model. So could you like do your best row? Cause I'm just trying to gain a library of different <laughs> views on explaining this. And sometimes the way that you might explain it in, in, in the way that Chris might explain it might work with some people and they might understand it the way you might explain it might hit other people. So I just want to put an emphasis on that. Cause that's a big difference between Cardano and a lot of blockchains. So maybe start with just explaining UTXO versus Ethereum's model. If you so, can. man, I haven't been asked this question in a while, <laughs> but if I can understand, if I, if my understanding, there's a difference right? between. Like, yeah. It's important though, right? For like the viewers, like it's an important factor that's just hidden because of its complicatedness. <laughs> right. Right. And, and that's, the, that's the thing. If you're not like, if you're not really sitting down like and doing the research and, and trying to understand it, you, 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 you like want, you'll, you want nothing to do it, frankly. Um, but in my understanding, like the difference between UTXO and the accounting model is the way that things are recorded on this, this thing called the blockchain ledger. So every transaction that happens on, on the network is recorded through a ledger. And there's a couple different ways that can be done in the UTXO way. Um, it's, it's more of a, a, a technical logical question. So uh, UTXO is unspent transaction output. So basically whatever that you put in needs to be taken out of the other side. So if you pay, if you like the way people explain it is if you like, give the cashier like 25 cents in, in, um, in the cash box, eventually that 25 cents needs to be either spent or, you know, recorded in some sort of way. So there's, uh, 
Yeah, so think of the UTXO as a box, right? The cash box. So whatever money that you put in needs to be taken out and spent somewhere else, no matter whatever that, that, that form is. The accounting model is different. It's, it's just like what you say, a debit and credit system. So it looks more like your bank account where um, you're just submitting things um, into like a stack of transactions. So if you're adding money, if you're withdrawing money or you're spending money, uh, these things get recorded. And the main difference, the main takeaway of the, those two different, the way those things work is just the logical on the technical back end. So um, uh, yeah, so I'll, I'll just end it there before I start making a fool of myself. I know it's tough and we all are making fools of ourselves trying to explain this, even the smartest of the smart, because it's tough to take the, the concept and deliver it to somebody who, who doesn't have, you know, foundations and layers of, of blockchain knowledge. Um, what is the main difference between the EUTXO model and, and these other two models? And why is that so important? Because like, from if, if there's somebody watching that's interested in learning which blockchains are better or or the simplest, you know, I'm not saying financial advice, but where to put your money, you might want to know this difference because the EU TXO model is is very, you know, it's it's something that was done by Ergo first, I've heard, and then Cardano is now doing it. And it's a huge difference. So like what are the value propositions of change of changing that model to the EU TXO? And what would that allow us to do? So, okay, this is an interrelated question between all three blockchains because uh, they take, they take, um, they take elements from both models and, and kind of put them together. So with the accounting model, um, there's something called smart contracts, which is what decentralized applications are built upon. Um, these, you know, you can create uh, decentralized um, forms of contractual agreements and, and, and things like that, transferring money in an automatic algorithmic way. So, but, but the thing about that is that it looks at the entire blockchain in its entirety, um, the entire state of the blockchain. So there's a different kind of logic that goes into making these smart contracts uh, with the accounting model. And with the UTXO model, I haven't really dived into what this taproot upgrade entails, but um, uh, there is there's a very limited uh, there's very limited flexibility with what you can do in smart contracts on a UTXO model. It's very strict, it's inflexible, but it's highly secure. So over the past twelve years, thirteen years that the, the Bitcoin's been out, um, it's proven to be highly secure. So what the extended model uh, aims to do is it's kind of a it's a, it's kind of a weird name. To, to not really, but it just confuses people, right? Yeah. So they've taken the, the model of UTXO um, for its security purposes um, and they've, they've attached smart contract, more, more flexible smart contract capabilities on the box level, like I, like I described before. So instead of the smart contract um, looking at the entire state of the blockchain, Mm. A smart contract lives within the box and follows uh, the transactions through each UTXO that, uh, you know, necessary, right? What that means is that you're only looking locally 
for uh, for smart contracts. Like the, the smart contract is only looking locally. So it's only looking for inputs and giving outputs um, in that specific transaction uh, box. So that's that's kind of the best way I can explain it really. And I think that really helps like, you know, add on to the conversation for any viewers watching, you know, um, if any viewers are watching, um, you guys are, are my, my homies. Just let me know in the comments how many fingers I'm holding up. <laughs> I'll make sure to take note of who, who's still watching. But um, it, it's, it's, it's interesting. So is there a way that you could articulate maybe what this extended UTXO model will allow us to do in, a, in like a visual sense of like what it will look like in terms of innovations and things of that nature? No, no, not really. Uh, <laughs> I personally can't. Uh, this, it's, a, it's, I know what it looks like. I just can't explain it because without, without going into really, really technical detail, uh, because it's a completely new model. Uh, again, like it's a completely different way of thinking about how a blockchain works. Um, is it kind of like, is it kind of like we're going to be able to maybe in three months when we see these dApps and what they're doing, identify, oh, okay, this was only possible because of this UTXO model, because it's hard to predict how that will, will actually translate into actual physical um, products? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, is that fair? Yeah, yeah that's fair. Um, the important thing to understand is that like we can with this EU TXO model, you can make any sort of application you want, right? Anything. Uh, it's uh, what the, the term is called Turing complete, right? So you can kind of create any like any program that you want to do. The only difference between smart contracts on Ethereum and the Cardano EU TXO is just the logic that's involved. Um, obviously, there's the the whole you know, the blockchain itself and how that, that works. But like, um, you know, building, build, like building programs utilizing extended UTXO is just a completely different way of coding and thinking than Solidity and Ethereum's accounting model. So uh, it gets pretty complex. Obviously, like there are uh, within, these, within these UTXO boxes and these smart contracts, there's, you know, they're attaching datums and in these datums, there's validators and, and redeemers. And there's a whole completely new way of thinking with, with all of this, with all this, these new concepts. So that's just my understanding. Obviously I'm not a developer at all. I I've gone through the Plutus program. Uh, it hurt my brain a lot, but um, <laughs> I, I kind of have a pretty surface level understanding yeah. Um, a higher level understanding, if you will, like about what that is. And so. I may be an, an entrepreneurial layman, but I've definitely listened to a lot of, a lot of tech um, community members on Cardano and, and it's, and it's, it's sparking this, this intuition feeling that I, I just, I just think the, 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 this new model is going to create things that we haven't seen before. And, and I've heard a lot of, you know, uh, the tech community members sort of indicate that without like committing to it in a way, just because like, I think they're trying to stay like very logical and, and about the, the progress that, that's happening. Right. But, but that's, that's, that's my, 
my prediction, Matt, I think we're going to see new, newer things that we, we just haven't been able to see on other, you know, models. Absolutely. And you're right. And they're right. Because, you know, I would expect that they don't want to say anything because it hasn't even been invented yet. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, I, I always try to drag as much as I can out of people, but it, <laughs> it, I think there's this, this, and it's probably for safety, like you're mentioning in a way, or the, the vibe I'm getting because, because they don't want to necessarily always commit to like, yeah, okay, that's possible because the, the, the proof is in the pudding with a lot of these guys. Right. Know? Like it's like theoretically, mathematically, these things are possible, but there's so many nuances and, and, and little secrets, if you will, embedded in this, in this new model that people haven't even figured out logically yet. Like it's, you know, you know, it's a, it's a completely new way of thinking. And um, yeah. And I also get a vibe for exploring for like, yeah, exactly. For the viewers too. If you guys go on Twitter spaces and, and you get the, the luxury to listen to some of these, 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 you know, guys and, and gals that are deep inside the tech community. There's also this, like, um, for me, it feels like sometimes a little bit of pressure when, when these kind of like, oh, okay, what's going to happen with these new models gets brought up because it, it, to me, I get this vibe of like, we got so much work to do before we even think about that. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. Like most of the FUD that you see with the Ethereum people is just their inability to kind of open up their thinking in that these things can be done in a different way. And we don't necessarily know if it's a better way. We, I think, I personally think it's a, it's a better way, but uh, you know, we'll see, we'll see how everything plays out. Um, obviously the fees are a lot nicer uh, but in terms of the long-term goals of what Cardano aims to achieve, I don't like it's, you know, we're, we're far from the final, uh, you know, the final product. Yeah. I mean, there's even new in, innovations being done on Ethereum, like still to this day. So it, it just goes to show you that like once, once these, these infrastructures get built for Cardano, it, what what we see in the first year, what we see in the first three years, what we see in the first five years might not even compare to what we see in, in the next 10. Exactly. Yeah. Um, what do you think about, can we get into some algorithmic stable coins? Have you have like, I know Sigma USD on Ergo. Is there a, is there an algorithmic stable coin on Cardano being built too? I think I heard or something of that nature. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there's this one called Jed, and uh, I think right. it's being distributed by uh, the Cody people. Um, but they, they're saying that one's an algorithm, algorithmic stablecoin. On, I'm there's not too much information on it. I, I I saw the paper, I read a little bit of the paper, the Jed paper. Uh, but yeah, that's 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 pretty much all my my knowledge goes into. What do you do? You think it's a, a good thing for the space to have their own you know, stable coin? And do you think that the algorithmic, you know, I've seen a lot of algorithmic stable coins and other blockchains, man. And it's a tough, it's a, it's a tall order to deliver. But the thing that gives me confidence, obviously with the Sigma USD is it seemed like there was a lot of, you know, um, kind of collaborative work from people in the Cardano ecosystem, people in the Ergo ecosystem to manifest an algorithmic stable coin that may actually end up working well um any thoughts on any thoughts on that 
I'm not too, I'm not too brushed up on the technicalities of all this stuff. Um, that's, it's a little bit above my head. I haven't talked to the people, you know, involved too much. Um, right. I am invested into Sigma RSV. Oh, um, okay. Well, I didn't, yeah, yeah. That, that so, was so, thing. so like, what is, what is Sigma RS, RSP? Is that like a, yeah. So the way their, their protocol works is that there's, there's, uh, you know, the base, the base coin, which is Ergo, and then there's the, the stable coin Sigma USD, and then there's a reserve coin called Sigma RSV. And so way, the way the mechanism works on Ergo is that there's always, there's always a calculated reserve so that, um, so that the supply, if I can just on a really high level, there's always going to be a reserve uh, so that the supply of USD isn't, doesn't, doesn't, uh, <laughs> that's a well, just keep that price like stable. So, right, start. right, right. So yeah, it's, it's backed algorithmically. They both balance each other in, in some sort of technical way. Um, there's different rules. Like if the reserve coin is like under 400, I believe, or above uh, a certain reserve, uh, you can't purchase any more reserves um so yeah it, it maintains itself yeah, yeah. It, that's that's the um the dream of any algorithmic stablecoin is it for it to be self-sustaining so i'm i i always love to watch when there's a new one or a different spin on one because that's something that people have been trying to do uh for a pretty long time you know especially with all the all the different you know flaws with maybe fiat just kind of trying to create a real algorithmic stable coin for the people but um if i may just dive into row real quick so like what what exactly are you doing and how are you involved in the in the cardano space because to me dude you're like you're you're somewhat of a of a well-rounded player in in the sense that you're you're involved in the community you're involved in 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 what you know you do with with the other stuff so if you could speak about any 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 of those things and open that up and then i'll ask well i'll probably interrupt and ask some questions about those things and then we'll ask the final question afterwards sure um yeah so uh my company the rekindo collective uh we basically we basically help develop uh basically work with nft projects to conceptualize and and develop and then launch their NFT projects. And at the moment, we're, we're, we're sort of tailored to a white glove service kind of style where we're, we work with them directly um, as partners and, um, and just help build and, you know, help them deliver their product. And um, yeah, we, we, we just, we're more focused on uh, just making cool things, delivering very high quality, you know, smart contracts, you know, we, we want to maximize quality on the art side um, and the tech side. And then on top of that, we also do like marketing strategy, um, you know, or strategy consulting and marketing, th those kinds of stuff. Uh, so yeah, we're kind of an all, what we, what we aim to be is sort of like a turnkey solution for, for these NFT creators and projects. Um, I love you for that, man, because like, <laughs> it's, it's simply such an open space. You have the experience, you helped your, the friend that you were telling, talking about earlier in the interview, 
and you're, you, you, you've seen this space evolve. You're in the right moment. And there, in my opinion, is going to be, and I'll talk to you after the interview, but there is going to be athletes, singers, celebrities, people with a high amount of influence coming to this space, meaning Cardano specific, trying to partner with the right people on the tech side. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't know how, like, do you have a read on how many other competing, I, I like even the word competing sounds off for Cardano's vibe, but just like for people that, you know, from a business sense, how many competing organizations are there really out there? Because I've heard of only maybe, I don't know, you guys, and then maybe one other. Mm-hmm. Um, is, there, is there... There's not many, there's not many that, that, that do the services that we do. Um, what about, uh, and, even, and even if they do is like NFT maker pro, is that kind of like not so in depth as what you guys do? Or? Not really, because we, we, we want, we, we not only, we do the marketing and we do, uh, um, like strategy consulting. So, and we also look outside of the ecosystem to bring people in. Right, we're not we're not just limiting ourselves to people within the community. Um, we want to deliver very, very high quality work. Um, so if that means going outside and outsourcing the, the, that talent, uh, then yeah, uh, I need to get my charger. One second. No problem. And while Ro is ta- is grabbing his charger, I'll just chime in there. And and it's essentially like, imagine you know uh, a professional. I don't know, soccer player here in the States. And they have like an entrepreneur who has come up with a pretty good, um, you know, rough draft of, of an NFT sale. And essentially they see Cardano as this budding ecosystem, the same way that me and me and uh, Roe view it. And they think that getting into that ecosystem opposed to something as saturated as maybe Ethereum's NFT network would be great for t- for maybe two reasons. One is because it's probably underpriced attention in the sense that it's undersaturated. And, and it is, it's, well, even for Cardano though, it's still, it's a lot of projects are getting, you know, doing what they're doing and launching, but still it's undersaturated. And, and, and the other thing is if they believe in Cardano and its long-term, you know, approach and its interoperability and some of the other things that could come down the road, it's um, obviously, you know, a bet on, on the ecosystem too. For sure. And to touch on your point about other competitors, um, there is one other competitor. Uh, they're, they're called like, they're from the Bondly finance team, but um, you know, there's room for more, right? There's room because more. we're not, there's so, there's so much room. There's so many artists that are in, that are in need um, to, to deliver their product, to ship their product. So there's, there's a lot of opportunity there. Now, with these NFT projects, and I'll put your Twitter in the description below if you want to go follow Ro. What um, what requirements? Because you guys probably you probably do get like you know you you only have such a big team. There's probably projects that you you can't say yes to because maybe they're just they're just not in line with what you're doing. What kind of um, requirements? What kind of capital do they need to put up? either up front or at least give away and, and like, it's probably on a negotiating basis, your read on them, obviously, but, but like, what, can you talk to, to those points? 
Yeah. So the cool thing about our company is that we can, we get to choose. I, I have no, um, you know, I have no problem saying that we're centralized. We're highly curated. Uh, our team is, you know, is three strong, uh, plus our devs in the Philippines. Um, uh, we've got Anthony from, and, and Toshi from the hype schools team. Shout out. So we're, we're all juggling kind of multiple job descriptions here. So, and we have bottleneck, you know, bandwidth issues, uh, uh, you know, obviously given, given the amount of work that we do. So, um, so yeah, if, uh, so we're very, very, very selective of who we kind of cater to or who we kind of help, you know, these projects that we help grow. So, yeah. Um, in terms of what they need to put up, there's, there's not really, it's, it's more of a negotiation kind of deal, you know? Oh, on the financials from on the financials. Yeah. Gotcha. So like what kind of requirements would you say a project would need to at least get enough attention to get to the negotiating of the financials? Um, no, we, we really, we really look for, for talent. We look for scalability. Um, you know, we look for early movers. Um, these kinds of things are what we're focused on. Um, and sometimes we're just, we're, we're interested in just helping helping people out, you know, like, um, some, a lot of, uh, projects are using, you know, not the best tech. And sometimes we think we can deliver, you know, uh, we can help them out in their, in, in their, uh, you know, their backend, you know? So yeah, it just depends. Do you ever feel like you're, you could be possibly, so you see the movie Rocky? No, what? I haven't seen that one. No. But you've heard of it? I've heard of it, yeah. All right, so a pretty famous movie here in America. The story is this guy went to a bunch of people, you know, just wanted to be in the movie, but he had this whole script for his movie written out. And a bunch of people said no, until finally he got to actually do the movie and be the actor himself, Sylvester Stallone. Do you ever feel like you're, you're in that position right now because there's so few, there's so few, like, organizations that could do what you do that you get so many pitches potentially or you probably will start to if, if you <laughs> and and the ascension and and essentially do you ever feel like dang what if like what if what if i'm just turning these down because it's like a rocky scenario where where this project has this crazy idea but it might turn into rocky <laughs> i mean i haven't i haven't gotten the situation where not at least not too much where like these you know it's just a bad idea in general where, you know, that I have to like arm bar or stiff arm. It's not arm. arm I was about, yeah. <laughs> bar, I was like, that's definitely, I think he's meaning a stiff arm. Yeah. Yeah. So there's, there hasn't been too many projects, but there has been a lot of projects that want to work with us and we just can't at them. Like, you know, you know, certain, at certain points in time, our bandwidth is just so, you know, eaten up um, that we can't take in more work. So we're what pretty stretched in. What if a project like approaches you with like a relatively good idea, maybe not something that's incredibly exciting, but a relatively good idea. And, and it meets like all of the things you're looking for just, just enough. It doesn't impress you per se, but it meets, it meets all those things, but you're filled up with work 
but their their lead time is greater. So they say, okay, well, actually, you know what, we 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 would like to launch, but maybe we can launch in January instead of December first. You know. So yeah. So yeah, uh, stuff like that. We we discuss it. You know, as a team, um, it's uh, become more of a prioritization thing, especially if their lead time is 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 pretty long. Like you know, you're opening up the opportunity for a job in the future. So it's definitely worth the consideration, especially if you're meeting you know, certain criteria that we look for. Um, so I would say it's just a matter of prioritization and, you know, the best moves that we can do as a company, really. Um, so we're, we don't really promise anything. We're just like, you know, we're pretty reasonable about it, you know. And the economics can be quite lucrative too, because like if somebody was to say, hey, we'll give you, I don't know what the rates are and you, you don't have to say them, but um, I would assume from what I've like kind of heard, it could be like 20% of your expected income or revenue from an NFT project. And, 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 and essentially if an NFT project has, you know, 10,000 NFTs and they're selling each one for a hundred bucks, then that could potentially create like at least $200,000 worth of, of funds. So that's pretty, and, and I always look at you guys and, and cause when I first started hearing that you were doing this, I always look at you guys and I'm like, dang, like they, they have probably such low overhead, <laughs> like in comparison to a lot of things. Uh, but It's not true. <laughs> why, yeah. So can can you actually explain that to me? Like what, what is your overhead? Cause you probably don't have any physical locations, but maybe there is some overhead that we just don't see. Yeah, I mean, a lot of the overhead goes into the, the development of the actual tech. Right. And, and um, frankly, that, you know, Plutus smart contracts are hard and new yeah. and expensive. So that's mainly where, you know, our, our main overhead gets uh, allocated to. Because you have to pay the, the guys that are developing, essentially. Right, right. That exactly. Makes yeah. Sense. I mean, like... Yeah. And, and, and by the way, like I, I wasn't saying that you don't give a, a valuable service to that, you know, amount of, of, of money, just, just to be fair. I, I just think like, dang, like this is a really interesting business model because it's, it's done so, so virtually and digitally that that's some, and how old are you, Ralph? I'm 23. Oh, word. So like somebody, you know, 23 can like, <laughs> I mean, that's insane though. That's like, that's like really cool, man. You're, you're in a cool spot. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm pretty (laughs) proud of what I've made and, um, and I, I, I appreciate my partners like to the end. I, I, it's, it's been a crazy, crazy year for sure. Yeah. (laughs) Cause I'm excited to chat with you, you know, after and, and just, you know, get all of Rose, like, you know, the things that are going to probably a hundred X. I obviously can't say them to you guys. because <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. But I will talk to Ro after this about other stuff. So, so let me ask you this final question, man. If you were in, in, and nobody wants you to die. Okay. But if you were to die tomorrow, <laughs> what nobody wants you to die, man, but uh, <laughs> you're too much for the space. So don't die. But if you were to die tomorrow, what would you want the space to remember you by? What impact would you want to kind of self-sustain itself over time? Because if you do die, bro, I'll make sure that I pass that along. Dude, 
I just want to make, I just want to make cool stuff and like make stuff that would help people, you know, um, Axie Infinity is a really good example. Um, the biggest play to earn game in on Ethereum. And what's happening is that people in third world countries are earning uh, a larger minimum wage than, than people here in America in third world countries where they, they don't have access, they, you know, they barely have access to the same resources that we do on a protocol that lives on the internet, <laughs> utilizing and leveraging blockchain technology. So if I would die today, I would love to leave something like that behind, you know, that's, that's something like that's world changing, you know? I always think too, like people in your position that are kind of like the, like, like I said, athletes, celebrities, entrepreneurs can go to you. You kind of have this rare ability that is probably, you, you might, you might not even, or somebody in your position might not even think about right now where you're going to have so many partners in like maybe a year's time of NFT projects that you can literally be a, a connector between huge collaborations between these NFT projects that you've already like helped manifest into, into the market. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely a possibility. Um, I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> Just so you know, I have no I idea what I'm like, doing. I feel like it's kind of an eerie conversation because I think what you're doing has so much potential that we may look back at this in like five years and be like, holy mackerel. Like, yeah, really, he really doesn't know what, like what this is about to become. <laughs> like, I, I mean, I have, I don't, I mean, you know, it would be stupid of me to say like, I don't know where this is going. Right. Um, yeah. I see a lot of, you know, potential pathways that we can, we can kind of go to, but it's, it's, again, it's, it's still really early technology. You know, the, the crux of all of this stuff is technology. And um, so depending on what happens and, you know, there's a timeline involved with, you know, when these new technologies kind of appear, um, there's like new games, new opportunities, new pathways. So, you know, it's really just about evaluating at each step of the way, um, I think, uh, which way, which direction is the best direction, you know, what's the smartest, not just the smartest, but the wisest, because, um, yeah. I yeah. love that. <laughs> um, all right. So that's G Crypto. Ro, we'd love to have you back on the channel and just talk Cardano, you know. Absolutely. Um that'd be awesome, man. And 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 for everybody listening, I'll put the link to uh Rose Twitter in the description. Feel free to reach out. What question do you do you not like receiving on Twitter? Do you ever get like the same question sometimes that is just like annoying or whatever? No, I don't get questions. I, I'm I'm like a I'm like a troll on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, That's I, I, I just kind of play around. <laughs> Sometimes I, I I really do need to take a break, but um, you know it's necessary. Yeah, it's always- I, I, like, I, and sometimes, like, I, I'm amazed at how much you're on Twitter, man. Like, I'm on Twitter a good amount, but you told me one day this is my life when I was. <laughs> it really is. And, and it really is. Yeah. No, it really, I mean, tw- it's not just Twitter. It's, it's Discord, it's Twitter, it's, you know, you know, thinking, it's writing, 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 you know, coming up with uh, mechanisms, like, 
thinking about, you know, it, the, the, that's the social media part of this and the discord part is like, that's the community side. But again, like I said, we're, we're juggling multiple job descriptions here. So, you know, we're coming up with, I mean, we're not developing the tech per se, but we're coming up with, you know, pricing, how, what makes sense economically, you know, supply and demand. We're thinking about um, how things play out if we change the supply of this, or if we, you know, increase the supply of that, um, how can we, you know, balance all of these factors together and make something that really makes sense? Um, and that's kind of what I personally care about is, uh, and maybe you can call that like quality assurance on our part, but yeah, that's, that's, that's like the, you know, stuff like that is what we do. That's awesome, man. All right. So I'll stop the recording row. But um, thanks so much for coming on, man. Thank you for having me. J Crypto listeners, thanks for watching. So that's it. Take care.